0: For tonight, uh, for a moment, uh, saved for a purpose. We are saved for a purpose. Everybody ought to have your Bible. Turn with me to Jeremiah, the first chapter. Jeremiah, the first chapter, uh, verses four, <clears throat> verses four through nine. We are saved for a purpose. You know, um, a lot of us we we think God is is like man, and and maybe that's kind of natural. We think God thinks like we think, but we he doesn't. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, everything God does is it's exact. Uh, it's for a purpose. It has a meaning. There is no happenstance. Uh, You know, things that were a mistake or out of order. Everything is exact. He's intentional uh, toward everything. Amen. And uh, don't uh, fool yourself into thinking uh, that you're like God. Oh, no. His ways are far beyond us finding out. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As far as the heaven is from the earth. Is his ways above our ways? Come on, somebody. My God. And he had something in mind when he created you. He had specificity. Come on, somebody. My God. All right, Jeremiah, the first chapter, verses four through nine said, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou cameth forth out of the womb, I sanctified you, I already called it, I already named it, I already purposed it, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is what you're going to do, uh, Jeremiah. Then said I, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child but the Lord said unto me, say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. My God. So it's a, um, it's a pretty, um, wild thing to think that, um, before I existed, God already knew me. Isn't that something? He said, um, uh, before I form you in the belly, I already knew you. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I already sanctified you. And this is what you're going to be. You're going to be a prophet and stand before kings and magistrates. You know, somebody. My God. And I know sometimes we feel that... Um. um uh, you know younger sometimes we felt that we were lost and sometimes older people they feel that they're lost in you know in their thoughts and in their thinking and you know their reality if you will i am quite i'm a little confused i don't know where i am and i don't know what i'm supposed to do i don't know what my purpose is i don't know what my calling and calling is but in the mind of god you're never lost God created you for a purpose. You might be lost, but you don't think God is lost or he's confused. Come on, somebody. My God. So before you existed in time, uh, before you existed in your reality, you already existed in God. Come on, somebody. Somebody. God is not a God of excess. This is what I mean. People think that, you know, um, uh, you have some, you know, friends and you have some friends over here and some your best friends. And then you got other friends and then you got some just some acquaintances and you have some uh, just in case this or just in case that God doesn't uh, deal like that. Uh, One example I always give whenever I go on vacation, I always pack too much. Well, I'm going to carry this and I'm going to carry that and and I might need this and what if you know, and I bring all of that lug all that stuff back home and and many of the clothes are unfolded. But when God, if we were to uh uh compare ourselves to him, anything he does, it's with precision. It is exact. He don't have no spare saints, no spare people, no spare souls. God created you with purpose. He saved you for a purpose. And I don't care what somebody told you. You are not mama's little mistake down at the lake. God already knew you. Come on, somebody. My God. He said, Before you were formed in the belly, I knew you. And before you even came out of the womb, I already called in my mind what you are to do. What is your purpose? So I was saved. Now that I'm in the body of Christ, I've been saved for a purpose. God has a purpose for everyone and everything. And remember, he said he has vessels to honor and vessels to dishonor. I'm, I mean, even the most um, deadliest terrorist attacks. Remember somebody? Some of the heinous mass murderers. God had vessels that were to perform those heinous, hateful, ugly, dreadful things. I have purpose for everyone and everything. My God. And we need to know that I existed in him before I existed in time. Amen. And now that he saved you, he has a purpose over your life. All right, Psalms. 139, Psalms 139, David said, you know what, when I think about all that God knew about me and knows about me and will know about me, it just blows my mind. He knew me before I knew myself. And guess what? He knows me better than I know myself. (laughs) My God. Psalms 139. Verses 1 through 7. This is to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. What did he say? O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. He's already known you. Come on, somebody. Thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. My God, uh, it's, it is high. I cannot uh, attain to it. It's blowing my mind. Whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? Come on, somebody. My God, he knows me or knew me before I knew myself. And now that I think I know the little that I do know, he knows me better than I even know myself. He knew me and he knows me. Come on, somebody. My God. He has already called it and spoke it into existence. And um, one of the things I love about um, God is he starts at the beginning and he goes all the way to the end on somebody. He backs up to the beginning and says, let it be. Um, back in the day, uh, Paula Abdul was one of the ones that were known as being great choreographers. Not only was she a singer and a dancer, but they gave her credit for being a great choreographer. And certainly there was Michael Jackson as well. Uh, Choreograph dance steps and moves and and did it day and night and knew it uh, from beginning to end and from end to beginning. Come on, somebody, do you think they can outdo God? I don't think so. So when God started at the beginning of your life, he said, uh, before you were formed, I knew you. Before you came out of the womb, I already called it what you were to be. So I started at the beginning, I went all the way to the end, I came back to the beginning and said, let it be, and when I said, let it be, I already know what is to be. I'm going to let that sink in. (laughs) When he says, let it be, he already knows what is to be. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil because God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. He said he know his sheep by name. And when he leadeth his sheep, come on somebody. He's not driving us like cattle. He's not driving us like herd. He's leading us like a shepherd. And if it's raining on you, it had to rain on him first. Mm. If it's tough on you right now, it had to get tough on him because he's leading you. He's guiding us into the paths of truth. In righteousness, come on, somebody. My God, so he already knows not only am I called for a purpose, he already knows I'm suited for that purpose. Now, remember, now, uh, David said, Thou know my, uh, thou hast searched me, you already know me, <laughs> thou knowest my downsetting, mine uprising. You understand my thoughts, my thinking process, how crazy I am. Come on somebody. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. He knows what you're gonna do even before you do it. When the when the indecent proposal is given, he already know what answer. Come on somebody, you're going to give. Uh, There's not a word in my tongue, but lo, Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before you've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is just blowing my mind. So not only has he saved me for a purpose, he already knows I'm suited for the purpose. Why would he say I ordained you? If he didn't think or he didn't watch he doesn't know that you're already suited for that purpose. Why would he ordain you for something you're not suited for? My God, think about it. He saved us for a purpose and we're suited for that purpose because he knows you Better than you know yourself. And that's why we ought to, you know, ought not be talking about, I would never, or I wouldn't get caught dead. You don't know what you will do if the situation is right. Come on, somebody. By the grace of God, there go I. People said they wouldn't get caught dead doing stuff. Well, they caught you alive doing it. That's worse. (laughs) My God. And you're not going to be able to deny it. All right. So we're called for a purpose. He knows whether we're suited for that purpose or not. Uh, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. First Corinthians the tenth chapter and the thirteenth. First Corinthians tenth chapter thirteen says, What? There hath no temptation taking you but such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But with the temptation also will make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. My God. So God has already orchestrated. He's already directed. He's already choreographed your life. Come on, somebody. The Bible lets us know that the steps of a good man They are ordered of God. Some of the worst steps and decisions I've made in life is when I did not consult God. I can admit that. Come on, somebody. But uh, what a blessing it is, you know, to, to pray and say, Lord, work in me both the will and to do of your good pleasure. Come on, somebody. I need God to order my steps. My God. So God's saying, there is no temptation taking you such as common unto man. Amen. God is saying, "Uh, don't worry, son. If you fall, I'll catch you. Come on, somebody. My God. And there's a way. That a father can instill in his son the confidence that he needs to do the things uh, that he wants him to do. I used to be working on the roof uh, many times and my father would be, you know, uh, 20 foot away from falling off over the edge. He said, son, don't you worry. Uh, If you fall down, I'll catch you. (laughs) I always wondered. If I roll down off that roof and, and, and hit that drip edge and, and start, how are you going to run from 20 feet and catch me? But that gave me the confidence. I don't know if it was true or not, but it gave me the confidence to stay on the roof and do what I needed to do. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, my father told me that his father uh, instilled so much confidence in him, he thought he could kill a brick. And that's the confidence that God wants to instill in each and every one of us. It says, there hath no temptation taken you such as common unto man, but God is faithful. Come on somebody. Uh, Who will not uh, suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation make a way that you will escape, my God, and now we have a father in heaven that knows all heavenly things, know all earthly things, he knows everything about each and every one of us, he fills and occupies all space, and God said, whatever comes your way, you can bear it, mm. My God, whatever you're facing today, you can make it. I can see what you'll never see. I know what you'll never understand. Come on, somebody. With every temptation that's facing you right now, he's going to make a way of escape. My God. Now listen to me. So not not only am I suited for my purpose, every situation is now tailored. Oh, somebody ought to shout, run, jump, get excited. Not only am I suited for my purpose, every situation I face is tailor-made for me. My God. Isn't that something? To have the unmerited favor of God, grace upon our life. Come on, somebody, favor ain't fair. But it sure feels good. It's kind of like having, um, uh, being on the football team and your father is the coach. (laughs) my God, and all the situations he know that you can be successful in, now he ain't going to put you out there and he know you ain't going to make it and and create a failure, make you out of a failure. I'm talking about good fathers. I know somebody, Uh, some fathers can make you the laughing stock of the team and, and make people envy you. But what a good father will do is make sure he presents you in the best light and don't give you something that's going to kill you. I know somebody. If he asks of you a fish, are you going to give him a rock? My God. So when he sees the situation is just right. They come on, Avery. I'm putting you in as quarterback now. This is an easy one. Come on, somebody. And every victory is is building up your confidence. Come on, somebody. My God. So God, he is the great choreographer that sets up every situation in our life. Come on, somebody. Think about it. The woman at the well. Jesus knew what time she would be there. And, and it wasn't common. It wasn't ordinary because, you know, she had to come at off hours. She ain't, wouldn't dare be there with all the other uh, women with whom she's sleeping with their husbands. <clears throat> so she went at all hours so she didn't have to put up with all of that, you know, looking down the nose and, and look at that. Husband snatcher and that home wrecker and that marriage ruiner. Come on, somebody, that B, that W. My God. So Jesus met her at the well at her hour. And then turned around and said, Uh, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any. And he said, Yeah, and the one that you with it you're with now don't belong to you. I already know. I'm just calling it out so you'll know I know. Come on, somebody. I got water at this well that if you drink of it, you'll never thirst again. And Many of us have been there looking for love in all the wrong places. You tried this. You've tried that. You've dabbled in that. You've dabbled in this. But the great choreographer was standing there. At the well, at your hour, come on somebody, and said, I got water that you know not of. Mm, I got water that will satisfy. What about the woman, 12 long years, had wasted all of her resources, come to the end? Come on somebody, with all kinds of uh miracle potions and quacks and hacks, people that will hack you up and, and experiment on you. And finally decided I'm gonna try Jesus. Come on, somebody. And soon as the doors flung open, guess who's walking by? <laughs> the great choreographer. My God I do a lot of talking to the Lord when I read the scriptures. And um, I remember this uh, distinctly. Uh, It was not an audible voice, but God can speak in your spirit. I said, Lord, 12 long years. He said, Avery, it didn't take me 12 years to heal that woman. It took her 12 years to run out of her substance. Come to the end of herself. My God. I already choreographed her life. And when she made the move toward me, I just put it on my calendar to be walking past her house. My God. (laughs) What a mighty savior. Jeremiah 29. What a wonderful savior. Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Jeremiah 29, verse 11, God talked about an expected end for each and every one of us. What does he say? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I know, now listen, your thoughts might be crazy. Your thoughts, Lord, you trying to kill me. I, You know, I, where are you? I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And they're thoughts of peace and not evil. Uh, The devil meant it for bad. He thought it was going to kill you, but that wasn't God's intention. That wasn't in his mind. That wasn't in his thoughts. Come on, somebody. To give you an expected end. That expected end is a future. God has a future in store for each and every one of us. You all know the story. Uh, the false prophets said, We're not going into captivity. When it became inevitable that they were going into captivity, uh, they said, Well, it's only going to be a short uh, time. Come you on, know, somebody. God told them, It's going to be 70 years, and my will will be accomplished. It was necessary. 70 years will you stay there in Babylon? until my will is accomplished in your life. And I'm giving you an expected end. I got a future in store. Even though they were disobedient, God still had a plan and a purpose for his people. And the sooner they realized it, the better off they would be. They say we wept when we remembered Zion. My God, we had it good and didn't even know it. We took advantage of it. Come on, somebody. God has an expected end for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us saved for a purpose. Come on, suited for the purpose. Every purpose tailor-made for you. Because God has expected in. He has a future for your life. I know you might be stressed right now. You might be scratching your head right now. Come on, somebody. But we need to take notice and take note that God has something in store just, despite what you're going through, despite what you hear folks say, despite your haters. God has. Purpose for your life, come on somebody, my God, I know all of us had times when we had a godless lifestyle. Bible talks about we all had our conversations in times past, but your past is the past, but God who is rich in mercy. come on somebody, my God, and the scriptures that we're covering tonight is talking to each and every one of us and God is saying in the fullness of time I will have comp- have accomplished everything I've spoke over your life Now how much time that take is up to you It didn't take him 12 years to heal the woman with the issue of blood It took her 12 years. It didn't have to take 70 years in Babylon for God to bring about their purpose. It took 70 years to break them. Come on, somebody. And the sooner you realize that God has something in store, something better in store for your life, the better off you will be. Somebody, you know, they they wonder, you know, there's a reason for the madness, the things that you're going through. Oh, what needless pains we bear. Oh, because we don't take it to God in prayer. There's a reason you're going through the things that you're going through. My God. But God's saying in the fullness of time. Whether you got to spend 12 years in a sickness or 70 years in captivity, I will have accomplished in the fullness of time, at the end of it all, I will have accomplished everything I have already spoke over your life. I'm on somebody. And we serve a God that's pandemic proof. Hmm. What did he say? You profane my name among the heathen, but I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you. <laughs> my God, when everybody else would have uh, probably put a bullet through your head. You mean to tell me you, you spread that word out on me? You got my enemies thinking I, I'm not powerful Come on, somebody? God said, I'm going to redeem my name. I'm going to sanctify my name among the heathen, and I'm also going to sanctify you. You are the one got the heathen. You've profaned my name even among the heathen, got them thinking, I'm not a powerful God. I'm not a, a, a willing God. I'm not an able God. I'm not powerful enough to deliver my people. My God, not only am I going to punish the nations that I use to punish you. Come on, somebody. But I'm going to sprinkle clean water on you, dust you off, clean you up, and put you right back where I belong, where you belong. Come on, somebody. My God. So in the fullness of time, I will accomplish everything. I've already spoken over your life. And when God makes a promise, he's not guessing. He's not assuming. (laughs) He's not uh, crossing his fingers. He's going to bring it to pass. There's nothing that happens without the permission of God. We talked about uh, Jeffrey Dahmer and, and John Wayne Gacy, violent, violent individuals, both died in the penal system, behind bars, and they just couldn't wait, couldn't wait to dissect their brains. Surely, something is amiss. They got some wise crossed. something is pushing on something and something. Uh I don't know, maybe some kind of foreign object is lodged into their brain. But when they got with all got done with all the dissecting and all of the information gathering and all of the studying and the fact-finding, their brain was the same as you and I. In, in other words, we all crazy. <laughs> If if it wasn't for God, come on, somebody, if God wasn't holding this little noodle together, my God, you're just as crazy as, as Jeffrey Dahmer. You're just as violent as John Wayne Gacy. If it had not been for God, holding it all together, my God. They found nothing amiss. Now, God said, I have vessels to honor and I have vessels to dishonor. But aren't you glad God saved you? I'm glad. If you ain't glad, I'm glad. God, and I realize this, God has saved me for a purpose. And when it's all said and done, and then, you know, I've been praying and asking God, Lord, I want to do it the easy way. Uh, you know, I used to give my kids an ultimatum and I thought it was pretty good. You know, you're gonna clean your room, or I'm gonna beat your butt and you're gonna clean your room. That that was the choice. And that room was gonna get cleaned. I remember somebody, about My God. That was the choice. You did that? Yeah, I did that. Do it again. They were young enough. <laughs> Uh, And I'm telling God, you know, I want to do this the easy way. I I don't need to go no 70 years in Babylon. I I don't need to spend 12 years worth of my resources uh, trying to find love in all the wrong places when I can be fulfilled in him. And the sooner I realize that, the better off I will be. Time is short now. I don't have time. I don't have time to play. Don't have time for no fake stuff, no fake people. Come on, somebody. My God. I need to be about the Father's business. My God. Lord, I'd rather have you than to hold on to it. Come on, somebody. My God. All right, let's go to John 14th, Gospel According to John, 14th chapter. John says something here. I think we need to take into consideration. John 14, 1 and 2. Um, he's talking to the disciples, Jesus talking to the disciples. What does he says? He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place For you. Come on, somebody. I go to prepare a place for you. I believe that everything God is going to do for me is already prepared. Now I know he's talking about heaven. Now we'll we'll get the other on earth piece too. But I'm just saying he's the God of the universe. He prepared places everywhere, in every instance. Come on, somebody. Bible said he went down to Hades and and took the keys of death and hell. Come on, somebody. My God. And led captivity captive. He can be where he want to be, like he want to be, when he want to be. And can't nobody do nothing contrary to that. But I'm going to prepare a place for you Uh, There's many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm preparing a place for you. Everything that God is going to do for me is already done. Everything God has for me is already in existence. Come on, somebody. So then what do I need to do? I need to line up my reality with my heavenly provision for my life. If I'm a child of the king, I need to act like one. Mmm, my God. My reality must line up with my existence in Him. I know you. Before you were formed. Come on, somebody. Before you came out of the belly, I already knew you. I already spoke out of my life, out of my mouth, what your life is going to be. Come on, somebody. He already had a thought concerning you. And when he saved me, he saved me that I might fulfill the thought that he already had concerning my life. My God. And I know we talk about, you know, when I was lost and when I was out in the world, but in God's mind, you were never lost. How can you be God? Now, I'm not teaching eternal security. Don't nobody go off there. (laughs) I'm not teaching that. I'm saying If you are in existence, and we are, we were sitting here looking eye to eye cameras in between us. You were never lost. Well, and I'll just put it this way. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was never lost. John Wayne Gacy was never lost. God had a purpose for their life, just like he has a purpose for your life. He said, I have vessels to honor And I have vessels to dishonor, my God, even when you were in your drunken stupor, when you spent the night in the crack house, he already had a thought concerning you. And when he saved me and brought me out of that situation, come on somebody, he already had thoughts and a purpose for my life. And not just any old life. Somebody said abundant life. Hmm. So when he, you know, some people talk about when I I came to God, no man can come to the Father except the Son, draw him. He drew you. He picked you. Remember somebody? Uh, uh, Through Abraham, he made a people that was not a people. You all remember when uh, the uh, human population was totally destroyed uh, with the flood. And through Noah, he repopulated uh, the earth. But through Abraham, he chose a people to be his people that were not a people. My God. hmm Abraham, can you count the stars? Can you count the grains of sand at the seashore? So shall thy seed be. In Galatians 3, 26, 27, when we've been baptized in Christ, we have put on Christ and we're Abraham's seed. And now heirs according to the promise. That's how I got to be a a black Jew, uh, a black Israelite. What was the other one they called him? Um, Take him to that scripture. I can prove Abraham was a Jew. He's my father. That makes me a black Jew, a black Hebrew, a black Israelite. How did you get to be one? (laughs) My God. A people that were not a people. He chose to himself to fulfill the thoughts he has already had and spoken over our lives. My God, I think one of the biggest sins we can commit is just trying to be saved. You know, people, uh, they get in a place and they just they're just glad to be there. I know Somebody but they never reap the blessings and the benefits to be on that level where they are. The Bible says, and greater works. Why would I uh, try to be just ordinary when God takes the ordinary and does the extraordinary? Come on, somebody. about it? My God. I don't know about you, but I, I want God to expand my territory. Come on, somebody. My God. He said you're peculiar people. You're a royal priesthood. Come on, somebody. A set-aside, a reserved. Why should I just want to fit in with anybody else anyway? When I should be peculiar. Come on, somebody. When I am royalty. My God. I know um, the young man has got with Megan uh Markle and uh he he they denounce their royalty. They they don't want to be royal any anymore, but wherever he go, I'm on somebody, people are gonna be pointing him out. Wherever you go, people ought to be pointing you out. They ought to be able to see the regalness, the royalty upon your life. Come on, somebody. My God. All right, let's go to Psalms. We want to prove a point here. This is proof that not only has God gone to prepare a place for us in heaven, But he has a prepared place for us right here, wherever you are. Psalms 27, verses 13 and 14. Wherever you are, everywhere your foot shall tread shall be your coast. I'm on somebody. God said, I can get blessing, provision, resource to you, Wherever you are, Psalms 27, 13 and 14, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord where in the land of the living. So not only has he gone to prepare a place for us over there, we have prepared places for us right here in the here and now. All right. I had fainted. I would have quit. Quit. I would have died, I would have thrown in the town. unless I knew God had some provision for me in the land of the living. Now, don't forget verse 14, wait on the Lord. What is he saying? Fix your face, boo-boo. Wait on the Lord. God's got something, for I know you're going through right now. I know you, you have some some concerns, and we all have them. And, and that's what David is encouraging us right now. I would have fainted. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have given up. I would have turned back. But I know God's got something in store for me in the land of the living. Not only has he prepared a place for me over there, come on somebody, but he's made provision for me right here in the here and now. Verse 14, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Has anybody ever gone through a test, gone through a situation and my goodness, you complained and murmured and, and you, you faltered and your knees buckled and you, you howled and you cried just like you didn't have no master. You didn't have no hope. You didn't have no purpose. And when God takes you around the corner, you get ashamed of yourself. It's kind of like the man that was drowning in um, uh, three feet of water. Uh, uh, flailing and splashing and gulping and gasping and and, and somebody said, "Stand up, <laughs> uh, stand up, yes, yeah, stand up." Now you look a fool. Anybody's ever gone through something spiritually, and and when God take you around the corner. Let you know he had you all the time. He saved you for a purpose. He qualified you for your purpose. Every situation was tailor-made for you. I got you in the palm of my hand and no man can pluck you out. And you're sitting there flailing and, and, and wailing and gasping. And and then he bring you out and you're like, oh, Lord, you know, I I I, I could have come through with a little bit more dignity. I should have had a little bit more trust. <laughs> You're embarrassed. My goodness, I just didn't have to wail and cry like that. Hmm. My God. So, uh, all right, well, let that be a learning process. You know, God has taken us from faith to faith. Amen. Uh, so if that happened the first time around, don't let that be the case the second time around. You know, his um, he that cometh to come, God must believe that he is. Come on somebody, God is. Well, what do you mean God is? He's what you need him to be, when you need him to be, where you need him to be, like you need him to be. He is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently... Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the enemy, he's, you know, he's casting things in your path, making you think, come on somebody, it's just the shadow of death, making you think he's going to overtake you, but I'm not going to fear no evil, even though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I don't need to fear no evil because he's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Goodness and mercy are following me. I got armor bears, heavenly armor bears. Come on, somebody. Some things I got of, it wasn't got out of. It wasn't because of, his, uh, of my goodness. It was his goodness. Come on, somebody. My God. Other times when he told me to go right, I went left. See, that's where mercy came in. I should have been dead, but mercy stepped in. I deserved death, but mercy stepped in. Oh, come on, somebody. The enemy uh, 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 drew back his dagger and was ready to take me out. But mercy, my God, they're following me all the days of my life. Come on, somebody. My God. So I may be going through hell right now, but sooner or later, my reality, come on, somebody, is going to catch up with my existence in him. Now in him, I'm somebody. I may not have a dime in my pocket. Come on, somebody. I I might be a little bit confused right now. My feelings may have been hurt. But eventually, my reality is going to catch up with my existence that has already been spoken out of his mouth. Come on, somebody. My God. Joseph, what did he do? He had to wait to his reality, caught up with the dreams that God had given him. I had a dream that your sheaves paid obeisance, they bowed down to mine. My God. He had to wait until his reality caught up. Come on, somebody. With his existence in God, what did he have to endure? He had brothers that hated him, brothers that beat him, but brothers that dropped him into the pit, thank God for Reuben said Let, let's not kill him. Uh, brothers that sold him into slavery. He was falsely accused of rape and cast into prison. Come on, somebody. My God. Now you, you talk about wait on the Lord. My God, somebody, if you find yourself in that situation, you need to say, Lord, I'm still waiting on you. (laughs) I'm still waiting on you. My reality has got to catch up. Come on, somebody. Uh, With that destiny that you have already spoken over my life. Joseph was an interpreter of dreams and interpreted the butler's dream and the baker's dream and said, listen now, when you get out of here, remember me. But guess what? They got out of there and they forgot about him. But then Pharaoh had a dream and somebody said, you know what? Your gift will make room for you. I remember a fella locked up in prison. He is an interpreter of dreams. Come on, somebody. My God. Look what Joseph had to endure until his reality caught up to his existence in God. You wouldn't think they would ever come. My God. He went from a prisoner, my God, to a prince over all of Egypt. Pharaoh said, listen, there's, there's only one thing. Uh, I'm not going to put you over me, but everything else, the granaries are going to open and close based on your word. The wisdom that God has given you. Come on, somebody. Somebody. I'm going to make you steward over all of my house. Hmm. You never would have thought that sitting in prison. You never would have thought that uh, being uh, thrown, dropped down into a pit. Never would have thought that being sold into slavery. But in the fullness of time, God said, everything I've spoken over your life will come to pass. And David said, wait on the Lord. Come on, somebody. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Come on, somebody. My God, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. My God, in the fullness of time, what God has spoken over your life will become your reality. But you're going to have to wait. And you're going to have to be of good courage. Come on, somebody. My God. David said, I would have fainted, but I believed it. I would have died, but I had faith. I would have thrown in the towel, but I believe God is greater. Come on, somebody. He that is in me is greater than he that is against me. So I waited. Come on, somebody. My God, and eventually, my reality became into uh, cooperation Come on, somebody. It lined up with my existence in God. All right. Uh, Let's go to Judges 6 chapter. We're going to talk about Gideon. Who asked the question, why doesn't my reality line up with my existence in you? Come on, somebody. Where all these miracles that our fathers talked about, told us, uh, aren't you the God that brought us out of Egypt? Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, We also have to remember what God has to go through to get you to the place you need to be in him. Gideon had to you know he had to go through some some things to let Gideon know I'm with you. <laughs> My God. I'm with you. All right, Judges the 6th chapter. Verses 11 through 16. And if you read this whole story, you'll uh, see the things that God did to prepare Gideon. I mean, Gideon need a whole lot of assurance. <laughs> Lord, if it be you, my God. Uh, let's, let's read this. Judges six eleven through 16. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, uh, which was an oprah, and that pertained unto Joash, the Azraelite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress, to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy mighty man of valor. Wow. And Gideon said unto him, "O my Lord, if the Lord be with us. Now you see me threshing my stuff, I'm hiding from my enemies, uh, hoping that they don't take it from me. If you be the Lord, and if the Lord is with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? If you are all of that, and what our fathers said about you, and you're the same God that brought us out of Egypt, why am I sitting here hiding from my enemies? Come on, somebody. Look what it says. But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee on somebody I, I I got a reputation to up withhold here. If I send you, if I called you, if I spoke it into existence, it's gonna come to pass. This ain't, you know, you know how we um get a word from a friend and we get a word from a, a trusted uh individual or a loved one. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and it don't come to pass. But when God says something, his reputation is on the line. Hmm. My God. Isn't that what Joshua said? When these people find out you're not with us, they're going to surround us and cut us off of the face of the earth. What's going to happen to your name? (laughs) My God, your reputation. My God. All right. Verse 14 again. And the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? How in the world? Don't you know who you're talking to? Behold, my my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of all the poor folk. I'm the least of my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. How many know if God's with you? All things are possible. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. My God. Faith untested is just talk. Come on, somebody. My God everybody's faith must be tested. If your faith is not tested, that's all it is, It's just talk. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently look to him. My God, for your ever need, God can speak some things over your life that you'll never think would come to pass. I'm from a poor family. I'm the least in my father's house. How in the world am I going to smite the Midianites as one man? And I'm the least of my father's house. Anybody uh, ever got voted the least to succeed? <laughs> <laughs> In your senior class, come on, somebody. My God, I am the least. All right, Gideon said, if I have found grace in thy sight, give me a sign that the voice that I hear is from you. Anybody heard some things God has spoken in your spirit, but Jesus said, Lord, I I need to know this is you. Come on, somebody. My God, I, I need some assurances here. I, I know that thing about faith, but, you know, uh, I need some assurances that you are with me. This is really you. Come on, somebody. And the other thing that Gideon knew, these promises that God had spoken, he hear now in his ears, he realized God would require a sacrifice. Um, let's pick this up. Um, uh, Let's pick it up here. In uh, Judges 6 and 17. And he said unto him, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Look at verse 18. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. Um, With these promises that Gideon is now hearing, he's saying, now listen, I need a sign that this is actually from you. And if all of these things are to come to pass, I realize there is a sacrifice on my part that must be rendered. Look at this. Uh, And he said, uh, um, depart not hence, verse 18. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come. Again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid, that's a lamb, and unleavened cakes, and an ephah of flour and flesh. He put it in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon the rock and pour out the broth, and he did so. My God. What Gideon heard sounded like a dream to him. And he realized that if this were to come to pass, there's something that I'm going to have to sacrifice before him. Come on, somebody. Uh, today we have people, they want the dream to come to pass, but they don't want to make no sacrifice or realize that there's a sacrifice involved. And the angel said, all right, I'll be here. You go, you go get the sacrifice. I'll stay right here. He brought it back. All right, put it before the angel. And the angel said, well, oh, hold on a second here. He said, uh, he took the flesh and put it in a basket and he put it broth in a pot and he brought it unto him under the oak and presented it. Come on, somebody. And the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon the rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. If you want to receive something from God, you got to give God what he wants. We're living in a society now. Well, you know, God ought to just take what I offer Him. First of all, Gideon knew a sacrifice on his part what was required. He went and prepared what he thought was presentable unto God. He presented it to the angel and said, oh, "No, take take out the 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 flesh and the and the, uh, the unleavened bread. Put that on the rock." And pour out that broth. If you're going to get from God. The promises that he's spoken over your life. There's going to have to be a sacrifice. On your part. Come on somebody. My God. You have to give God what he wants. After all. It's his spoken word that he's going to bring into existence in your life, not the other way around. Come on somebody, my God. And not only that, did the angel, after he uh, presented it unto God, the what God wanted, the angel received the sacrifice, the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice and then turned around and challenged Gideon Now I want you to go to tear down the altar of Baal and destroy the grove beside it. And when you do that, I want you to set up another altar and sacrifice that that you destroyed to the the real God. My God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, your faith is going to be tested. And this is no time for fear, saints. I know we're out of time. No time for fear, because in fear, there is torment. Come on, somebody. But what did Gideon do? The angel told Gideon, you're going to defeat the Midianites as one man. But you're going to have to sacrifice, and you're going to have to do exactly what I tell you. And when he went and tore down... Uh, the altar of Baal and the grove and and built another offering, altar and sacrificed unto God. Come on, somebody. My God. God's going to test you. Come on, somebody. But I double-dog dare you to take him at his word. He did it by night. And when they woke up in the morning, an attack on um, that um, altar of Baal and that destroying of the grove was an act of war. And the men came out and they said, who did this? Who in the world would dare? They say it was Gideon, uh, the son of Joash. And they came to... um, to Joash and and they said, uh, uh, "Bring you, let your son come out. We're gonna kill him. Come on, somebody! My God! And look, uh, that was Siri talking to me. I'm sorry. I don't know how that even brother came up. All right, it's talking about Gideon too. It's listening to me." Okay, let me turn C. I don't know how to respond to that. Okay, series off now. All right, so uh, Joash, the father of Gideon, said, Is is Baal so weak that you got to do your killing uh, for him? Come on, somebody. And if anybody got to kill for Baal, let him die today. And if Baal is all of that, let him kill Gideon. If he's a God, let him do his own killing my god god's got a way that's mighty sweet he'll he'll give you the words to speak to your enemies but the point is this if you want the spoken word of god uh the thoughts of god to become your reality a sacrifice is going to be necessary you're going to have to take god at his word And I dare you, I dare you to get rid of that boyfriend, get rid of that girlfriend, pour out that alcohol, get rid of them cigarettes and watch God, watch God, allow your reality to come in alignment with his spoken word over your life. Oh yeah, a sacrifice, a sacrifice is going to be necessary. God wants all of you. He wants all of you. He's not just talking, just talk. Who is my mother, my sisters, and my brothers, those that do the will of my father? The same is my mother and my sister's. And my brothers, come on, somebody. My God, I dare you. I double double dog dare you. If you want a husband, get rid of that Boaz. If you want a wife, get rid of that Jezebel. (laughs) My God. And watch the provision of God become your reality in your life. All right. Uh, We'll finish this up. We'll finish this up. If the Lord says the same on uh, next week, Uh, there's a lot left in this uh, Bible class, but each and every one of us, saints of God, we are saved for a purpose. You're custom made for your ministry. Come on somebody. Everything that comes your way, God said, I've custom made it for you. Every temptation, you're going to be able to bear it. I'm going to make a way of escape. Come on, somebody. My God, I know you. I know your thoughts. Come on, somebody. I know you're upright and you're down setting. He can pass before me and after me. Come on, somebody. God started at your beginning, went all the way to your end, backed up to the beginning and said, let it be. And when he said, let it be, he knew what was to be. Come on somebody and he's already choreographed your victory. But a sacrifice is going to be required. Mm. Faith untested, it ain't nothing but talk. Every man's work is going to be tried by fire to see of what sort it is. God can use that same fire to consume one and perfect the other. My God, what a mighty God we serve. May God bless you.